Chaz Holder with Holder Associates, accounting firm here in town with me today. Chaz, good morning to you. Good morning, Jim. Thanks for having me on. Well, we're uh, in November. Uh, you know, what's what's the latest in the world of taxes and accounting? <laughs> well, as we know, we just had an election. Mm -hmm. Democrats took control of the House and Republicans increased their majority in the Senate. So we have a split Congress. And given this, this context, it's pretty unlikely to expect any significant tax law changes before uh, the next general election in 2020. Uh, particularly true considering that we just had a significant tax law overhaul with the Tax Cuts and Jobs Act about a year ago last December. So nothing new in the way of tax laws. Um, so I thought I'd take my time this morning to talk about some year-end tax planning techniques that taxpayers can uh, potentially take advantage of. All right. So, uh, you know, and uh, we all would like to save money on the taxes. <laughs> yes, we do. And uh, we, we want to save it, uh, you know, every year. Um, but in, really, in a lot of ways, the Tax Cuts and Jobs Act uh, limited our ability to employ some tax-saving strategies. Um, it, it did so because it reduced the amount of itemized deductions we can claim while simultaneously increasing the standard deduction. And this is the fixed deduction on our tax returns that uh, Congress determines. Uh, it's based on our filing status. The taxpayers uh, will deduct the larger of either the itemized deductions or the standard deduction. So decreasing the former and increasing the latter reduces the amount of, uh, of taxpayers who itemize their deductions. But nevertheless, we do have a powerful strategy that still exists where um, some taxpayers can accelerate their itemized deductions in the one year and then take the standard deduction in the following year when those itemized deductions aren't quite as large. So what are some of these uh, itemized deductions? Well, we still have many of the larger itemized deductions that we had prior to the Tax Cuts and Jobs Act. Medical expenses in excess of 7.5% of our adjusted gross income. State and local taxes paid, both income and real estate taxes, although there's an aggregate cap on this particular deduction of 10000 The qualified mortgage interest deduction is still available, although it's limited to interest paid on loans of three-quarters of a million dollars um, if they originated, if that loan originated after the Tax Cuts and Jobs Act became um, effective. Um, otherwise, we have interest deduction on up to a million dollars of debt. I should also note that the interest on home equity loans is no longer a tax deduction unless the loan was used to improve the home, like mm -hmm. for a new roof or a kitchen and renovation. Um, in those cases, home equity interest is still deductible, but the overall $750,000 uh, $750, cap still applies. Mm -hmm. uh, in addition, we still have the deduction for gifts to charity, including gifting of appreciated long-term capital assets, such as stocks and bonds. We lost the miscellaneous itemized deduction subject to the 2% AGI floor, things like unreimbursed employee expenses, tax prep fees, financial management fees, casualty losses. But we still have a few miscellaneous deductions, gambling losses, mm -hmm. <laughs> amortizable <laughs> bond premiums, and the loss from the early expiration of an annuity contract. But not a lot we can do with these latter right. uh, miscellaneous deductions. So, you know, what sort of uh, strategy can we use with the uh, with these itemized deductions? Yeah, so knowing that, that uh, these itemized deductions are, um, you know, th they – that you can move them with with a limited ability, mm -hmm. uh, move them into one year and take the standard deduction the following year. Uh, with most of our itemized deductions, though, we, we don't have too much control over when they occur, but but some we can. Gifts to charity, medical expenses are two category two categories of itemized deductions that we do have a good amount of control over. 
you know, if we're willing, we can basically double up our gifts to charity in the current year. And we can also maybe accelerate those medical procedures or medical purchases into the current year, increasing this year's itemized deductions. And then next year, we wouldn't have those expenses, so we just take the standard deduction. Um, Similarly, we can pay the January 1st mortgage payment maybe a few days early, uh, maybe make that fourth state estimated tax payment in 18 instead of January of 2019. So all ways to compress deductions into the current year. Mm -hmm. I should note, however, that, that this strategy doesn't work for everybody. Some people will take the standard deduction regardless of how they handle these itemized deduction expenses and vice versa for others. Some people are always itemizer. Right. Itemizer, excuse me. <laughs> it's a strategy that really works well if your itemized deductions are right around that standard deduction amount. Talking with Chaz Holder. He is with Holder & Associates. Uh, what else you got for us today? So a really useful tax planning uh, strategy is our ability to contribute long-term capital gain property to charity. If we do this, we don't have to recognize the gain that has accumulated on that asset, and we're allowed to deduct the fair market value of the assets at the time of the contribution. It really serves as kind of a, a legal tax loophole, if you will. Mm-hmm. So, so if you're contributing to charity, consider gifting like appreciated stocks or bonds instead of cash. But don't do the opposite. Don't gift stocks or bonds that have depreciated in value uh, because then we just lose that tax loss forever. Mm -hmm. And also, if you're gifting long-term capital property that is tangible in nature, uh, most commonly like a painting or a piece of artwork, then make sure the receiving charity is putting it to a related use. Um, Like an art museum uh, might exhibit a contribution of artwork, Mm -hmm. for example. If the receiving charity just just takes the donated work and and sells it, well, then the deduction for the taxpayer is its cost in that uh, in that contribution rather than fair market value. So a lot depends on what that charity does with the with the the donation. So uh, how about uh, you know uh, business businesses? You know any any year end uh, planning uh, advice for them? Yeah. So the the Tax Cuts and Jobs Act was pretty friendly to businesses. The Section one seventy nine deduction increased to a million dollars, and bonus depreciation increased to a hundred percent of the cost of both new and used assets. This used to only be to new assets 50 percent. Both of these code provisions allow a business to immediately expense the cost of a capital asset that would otherwise have to be depreciated over several years. The assets that are eligible for this immediate expensing are, are tangible personal property, things like cars, trucks, equipment, tractors, etc., but also qualified improvements to non-residential real estate. And this is a, a new thing. Mm-hmm. Um, sometimes businesses will, will redo the interior of an office building, or maybe there's a build-out in a dental office. Um, and these are all costs that are now eligible for immediate expensing. Um, there's also the new qualified business income deduction that's available for individuals. It basically is a deduction that replaces the personal and dependent exemptions we used to have. Uh, so keep an eye out for whether this QBI deduction applies to you. Its application really is, is some of the more complicated uh, material of the new of the new tax bill we have. Always a lot of good information from you. Uh, you know, if we want to uh, find out more, people want to find out more. How do we get in touch? Yeah, give us a call at Holder and Associates. We're here in Champaign. Our phone number is three nine eight four zero one three. Chaz Holder, Holder and Associates. Thanks for coming in today. Thanks, Jim.